Hey, it's Thomas Frank. I've just got a quick note for you before we get into the show. If you've been enjoying the Inforium or my videos over on YouTube, then you, my friend, should get Nebula. On Nebula, you get ad-free versions of both this podcast and my videos, along with exclusive stuff like extended versions of those videos. And it's not just our stuff that you're going to get. Dozens of other creators are on Nebula, including Ali Abdal, Wendover Productions, Braincraft, Tier Zoo, and lots more. Nebula gives us a chance to experiment, and since everything's ad-free, it's also the best way for you to get our content. Head over to theinforium.com slash nebula to sign up now. Hey, what is going on, everybody? And welcome to the College Info Geek Podcast, the internet's best resource for getting ahead as a student, but a terrible resource for learning how to be a better robot because me and my co-host here, Martin, are both bona fide 100% human beings. I love ingesting caloric organic material, converting it into ATP and glucose for the benefit of my muscles and all the other biological organs inside this meat sack well, that obviously. I very much enjoy having. Yeah, I am one being and not several. Yes, that too. <laughs> we are both singular human entities. So Cell anybody out there wanting to learn how to become a robot and join the Robot Overlord Uprising, this is not the resource for you. I'm very sorry. Anyway, what's up? Uh, I'm just chilling, drinking some chai. Drinking some, you know I what thought it was is. chocolate milk at first. I ain't drinking no chocolate milk. I'm drinking chai. <laughs> Why aren't you It says classic milk? right on there. Is chocolate milk a classic? No. But, but this is, oh, it's the cashew milk one. Yeah. Have we figured out what the best dairy alternative is? That depends on the situation in which you're using it. I could do a whole episode on this. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm just kidding. All right. I'm this is kidding. the episode. Here I'm we go. Kidding. Well, we've got oat, almond, rice, <laughs> flax, cashew, pea protein based. I that could go on. There's like that's half the list maybe of what I've tried. That's half? I've tried a lot. I thought you were going to run out after pea protein. No. Like what else is there? Uh I've had hazelnut milk once. Okay. That was real cool. So kind of like any nut you can probably I've heard of peanut milk, milk of not it. tried it. Hmm. Probably harder to find. But yeah, you could do anything. I've also not seen you could do it with any nut or grain basically. So, I mean, I could make pistachio milk, but for the same reason that I don't see pistachio butter, I don't think I'll see that. And the reason I'm assuming is that it would be very expensive. How about garlic so, bread milk? Garlic bread is not a grain or <laughs> a nut or a seed. It's, it is it's basically it is garlic grain. bread. However, you could in <laughs> fact Use the very same method. You could boil some garlic bread in water. Okay. And then what we're going to do is now we got it all loosened up. We're going to put it in a blender. We're going to blend it all up. Now we're going to strain that through a cheesecloth. Okay. And the stuff that comes out will be garlic cheese it's bread It's going milk. to be delicious and nutritious. Coming it, soon to a Whole Foods near you, Tom and Martin's 100% vegan garlic bread smoothies. Uh, yeah, it's... I mean, it will work... Look, we're and getting that's into the health food. All game. I can say about it because it will also be okay. Here's disgusting. The thing. Here's the thing: Did disgusting ever deter any other health food that you see in Whole Foods? Well, I mean, I don't know about the classification of health food <laughs> for garlic bread milk. I've seen some some <laughs> cleanse drinks that look like well, it's somebody the, like just garlic like makes took sense. the S pipe out of their garbage disposal and put a bottle there. Although instead. I don't want garlic milk. That sounds very strong. Oh, there's going to be some garlic milk. Look, people will subject themselves to all sorts of pungent drinks if we just if call we it like give a them cleanse, the promise yeah. of like some sort of gut flora bacteria cleanse. Yeah, you'll get psychic powers. There you go. 
Yeah. So I are, I've seen some internet entrepreneurs if being you drink like, dude, pure if you put ghost this pepper butter juice. in your coffee, you can sleep for five hours a night. We will go beyond it. Psychic powers. If you haven't gotten them yet, you haven't been drinking enough it's, the garlic bread. You got to put ghost pepper juice into every smoothie. Well, of course, you put ghost pepper extract tincture and in also, every single one. Also, the thing is, most people, they just drink their ghost pepper juice. They're messing it up. Every face hole is a perfect place for ghost pepper juice. <laughs> your eyes, your nose, your ears. <laughs> Tom's going to die now. Oh, my God. <laughs> also, I think you might die if you were to put ghost pepper juice in every one of your basil. Okay. What are we actually talking about today? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. This is a podcast. Anyway, we're talking about productivity advice that goes wrong. Not at all. Much like, much like my advice about ghost pepper juice. I don't know. I That's think a, that that was a segue. Like, That's all I got. I think that sounds like a wonderful idea. Uh, okay. So people have seen me do a video on this already. Um, I think, I mean, it's going out this afternoon as we record this, so I don't know what the title is. Yeah. Because there may be some workshopping, but something along the lines of uh, three pieces of productivity advice that are actually bad. Um, and I think the common thread between the ones I talked about in my video and all the ones we're going to talk about here. And I may repeat one for my video. We'll see what kind of time we have. You just <laughs> I, can't, just, can't I, just, I remembered making, how much time we you're wasted. Just, you're just imagining <laughs> me like taking a little tincture, pouring some ghost pepper juice in my pores. No, I, I just, I felt, I felt bad for a second. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, uh, would you say that the ones you've chosen are all pieces of advice that seem useful on the surface? I would in fact say that the ones that I've chosen are good advice if you follow them in a very specific context. Mm. But like many things, people can use them, and I've used all of these in a way that was harmful to me. Yeah. This is why we need instructions. You know, this coffee is hot. Don't eat Tide Pods. But nobody puts Wait, that on the productivity advice. Well, that's what the government says. Oh, okay. State of California and all that. Um, but yeah, but they say that everything causes cancer. That's because they're telling the truth, and the other states don't want to tell us. <laughs> that's probably right. <laughs> yeah, but basically, we don't have instructions usually. With each piece of productivity advice, they don't often come with a little asterisk below them. It's like, but P.S. Don't don't take it this way. Don't take this part too literally. It'll mess you up. There's no warnings. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so I think that we're in agreement here, and I think I'm just gonna have two. Okay. You got three, I think? Yeah, I got three. So for people who haven't seen my video yet, the ones I talked about in my video were uh, you're the product of the five people you spend the most time around, which I think we've talked about on this show before. So Yeah, Yeah, I think it might have been a five questions once. If you want to see my thoughts on that one, but I think that's a piece of advice that gets misinterpreted and taken way too far, way too often, judging by a lot of emails I've gotten. Uh, the second one was be everywhere, which is something that I heard a lot in the blogging area. If you want to get your blog out there, if you want to get your name out there, you got to be everywhere, be on every yeah. social platform, be at every event. You know, again, something that if taken to a restrained degree can be useful, but can also distract you. And then the other one was uh, focus on your strengths, ignore your weaknesses. Yep. Which I think we touched on. That was also maybe well a five questions one. too. Yeah, we were talking about yeah. how like a lot of things that seem to be weaknesses are often just hard to learn. 
Yeah. You know, like, oh man, my, I'm one of my weaknesses <clears throat> is spinning plates. You know, I tried it for an hour. I just I couldn't get the plate to spin. It's a weakness of mine. Not cut out for it. Yeah. It's, like, ah, it's actually yeah. kind of a hard thing to do. <laughs> Maybe start with like a frisbee or something. So uh, I've got two. You've got three. Therefore, you should go first. All right. By the law of math and logic. I don't want to break math law. Yeah, Intergalactic math that. law is very serious. Space cops will show up. Okay, so and deveganize us. No, <laughs> they can't take that from me. Uh, first one here is uh, you know, winners never quit. Tom, they mm. keep going. They do stuff. And see, the thing is, this makes sense in the right context. You got to keep working at your goals, even when you fail. Yeah, push through failure and setbacks. But in a situation where it makes sense, because for me, what this did was it caused me to feel tremendous amounts of guilt anytime I wanted to quit something for perfectly legitimate reasons. Mm -hmm. And I would try to juggle everything for the rest of my life. And I I know we talked about this before. Like every time you pick up a new habit or a hobby or something, you're like, okay, how am I going to fit this into the framework of the next several decades of my existence? How am I? So, and this is, this is extra problematic for me because I like languages, which are kind of a lifelong skill and pursuit. So I'm just like, okay, what? I'm really interested in this, but this is too much. And I felt terrible when I didn't take Chinese and German again in yeah. school. And I felt terrible quitting my language blog when I no longer had the hand health to type very well. And I didn't really have a lot to talk about because I was busy recovering not living the languagey experiences that I would have had to talk about. Right. And uh, same thing when I quit posting daily on Instagram during winter of last year because, well, I like photographing nature, and winter killed most of it. And then I was pushing myself so hard to keep posting daily. And then one day, the Instagram thing... For whatever reason, I cannot get it under any amount of settings or tweaking to not overly compress an image that's mostly blue. So it okay. messed up one image, and I was like, but that was today's image. I don't have any other image. I have nothing. And then I got yeah. super frustrated when I could have just been like, eh, it's winter. I'm not going to post daily. Well, I do think you forgot one thing. Could you use the invert button in Photoshop? Yeah, but I don't Takes edit. The blue I don't right edit, out of there. I don't edit my photos, though. <laughs> Yeah, I totally get it. I remember seeing this illustration once where it was like a miner who had dug this miles long tunnel and then little speech bubbles. They're like, I'm just I'm going to quit. And like a foot more digging would get to this giant treasure filled room. Yeah. You know, and it's supposed to be inspirational. Like, oh, man, the, the breakthrough could be just around the corner. Yeah, it could. But it could also literally not exist. Like if I just start digging in my backyard for gold. I'm probably never going to find any. And all the, you know, motivational quotes and aphorisms in the world aren't going to change that. Yeah, they're just going to keep you you're just going for a goal that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. You're wasting time that could have gone toward a good goal. Yeah. So I guess what we always have to remember is that there are no guarantees in life when you're trying to be successful. I mean, as hard as we try to set up things with guarantees like the the more unique you want your story to be, the less guarantees are going to be. So, all these aphorisms are just advice based on past experience. And just like stock investing, past performance does not indicate future performance in many cases. And what we have to remind ourselves of all the time is that the people who have won and become successful, when they give out advice, they're giving out advice from a, p- a position of survivor bias. Yeah. 
Yeah, you, know? you don't hear the the same advice from the people who didn't win, so mm-hmm. therefore you have no idea how statistically relevant that advice even. Yeah, like Thomas is. Edison is like, I haven't failed. I've just found two hundred ways that don't work. He's probably had like five hundred contemporaries who found a thousand ways that don't work and died in poverty. Yeah, they just you know? they never found the good one, so they don't get yeah. to sound fancy talking about the failures. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean they should have never tried, but it's equally likely that you will. Or I don't, I don't want to say equally likely. Who knows? But. You could quit one thing because you think it's not going to pan out and try something else and then you could be successful there, you know, and you could easily have somebody who is very successful having done that and they could make a valid point that, hey, this wasn't panning out. So I tried something else and now I'm successful. Therefore, you should quit things that don't seem to pan out. Yeah. You know, in either either case, it's super easy to take it too far. Yeah. So I think bottom line, go go listen to the the dip episode. Yeah, that's exactly how to how to really decide when to quit stuff. How do you know the numbers for all this stuff? I don't know. I don't it's have good, any. Good I don't have numbers. any idea how you do that. Good with calculation. You know, that's why I'm good at laundering money for the mob in Gotham City. All right. I mean, that's a that's a job. People need to do that job. Somebody's got to do it. Yeah, someone's got to do it. I think. And someone's got to kidnap me from a building in china that sounds right sounds accurate uh, all right so my right. my first one yeah uh always think positively you're making me feel negative right now with that <laughs> advice and this is one that i think i take too far uh this is one of my big problems and i've got friends who tell me like you you like everyone you like everyone too much you're never cynical and for a long time that was a point of pride for me. And I think to a degree it still is, but I guess the counterpoint that I want to bring up here is that if everyone always thinks positively, then there's never, like no one is around to be that boy who tells the emperor he's wearing no clothes. You know? Yeah. I just watched a video essay about uh, that Holmes and Watson movie, the one that Will Ferrell and John C. Oh, yeah, yeah, that one. I didn't go see it. Uh, and Anna and I wanted to go see it, you know, because the trailer looked, looked kind of funny. I'm very glad that we didn't. Is it because terrible watching or his video essay? It, it looks like one of the worst <clears throat> movies that's ever been made. Oh, so uh, glad I didn't go. And apparently, this movie had just been in development for a long time, and they unsuccessfully tried to sell it to Netflix, and eventually they just greenlit it. And I think there's a lot of projects like this where. Everyone kind of knows that what they're working on is a piece of crap, but everyone's trying to look on the bright side and they're trying to be positive because nobody likes a negative Nancy. And when you have a giant group of people like this and there's no, yeah, you don't have that super cynical person to be like, actually, this is garbage. We should just can it. Then a lot of times we keep investing resources into something that is mediocre or that just sucks. Yeah. And we waste time. Lots of sunk cost fallacy happen. Mm-hmm. And then- so, yeah, I think for a long time I used to kind of resent people who were cynical and negative about things. And now I realize that, like, they're a needed counterbalance because the people who have, like, the excited puppy dog outlook on life only see the good aspects of things. And they will often overlook the negative aspects or overlook the flaws. Yeah, it's a good thing to be able to see the positive and to be forgiving of flaws and understanding, but mm-hmm. just ignoring them. Yeah. Is not really the right way to go about it. And, and this goes beyond things and projects. This also extends to yourself. If you have this mantra of always look on the positive side of life. And again, I think this is something that is 
you know, 95% good advice to follow. But if you're always trying to follow it, then you become one of those people who buries their problems, never confronts them. You mean as in they become literally a serial killer and have to bury their problems after they bottled them up for too long? Possibly that. Or they eventually just become depressed. Yeah, first that was a, what I was thinking. Oh no! First, it's a figurative <laughs> burying of their problems, and then later, after they've gone over the edge, it's a literal burying. I guess that could happen too. Yep. But don't think too positively, or you'll be a murderer. <laughs> I guess that could be the moral of the story. I don't think it is. I don't. That's nothing. This but is no, nothing, I mean, like, it? this is another thing I've experienced where I will. I don't know. I've always had this like try to be as positive as possible outlook on life. And then when I hit difficulties, I was like, I can work through that. It's not an issue. And I think that's the big thing is like, you tell yourself that's not an issue or I'm strong enough to work through that myself. Don't need to worry about it. And then you don't realize like you get yourself to a point where it's become a toxic part of your life or it's hurting you more than you think. Yeah. And that, that like, I'm strong enough. That's a tough one because that's just being, you're like, I'm just being confident. I'm believing in myself. That's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Never do it. Mm Mm-hmm. A good movie that communicates this lesson very, very well is uh, Inside Out. Yeah, that is a good yeah. movie. It's like that development from childlike joy all the time, suppress all negative emotions to eventually maturing and realizing that, you know, considering both of them is a better outlook on life. Yeah. It makes you more mature. It makes you better able to accurately assess the things that are going on. Yeah. All right, what's your next one? My second is... Pretty much the opposite of this. Focus on one thing. It's the opposite of my previous one. But Hmm. focus on just one thing because, you know, you'll get way better at it. You'll become, you can become a master at one thing really, really fast compared to trying to be a master at several things. Uh, Essentialism and all that stuff. So I believe this advice still, but I took it overly literally for a while. And so I struggled for a long time trying to convince myself I had to give up things that I cared about when I didn't want to give them up. Yeah. I was like, like some of the languages, I was like, you have to give up one or two of them. Which ones are you going to do? So I'd pick one to theoretically give up. Weeks later, I'd change my mind because I'd hear a French word somewhere and I'd be like, but I miss it. Mm-hmm. I want it back. Neglecting to take note that I don't really care if I become a master speaker at that it's about fun so i was trying so hard to focus on one thing i was taking away things that brought me joy for no apparent reason Mm -hmm. and um basically it doesn't have to be applied literally it shouldn't be applied necessarily to hobbies i can still give a deep focus to things if i do it more or less sequentially i could focus on french one month spanish the next month read a bunch of books the next month and still like all of these things Mm -hmm. because basically combined with the not wanting to quit I would think I have to focus full, 100% focus on each thing I want to focus on yeah. at all times. So yeah, that's a very big recipe for being overwhelmed. Well, it could nonstop. also be easy to go too deep and, and identify one specific thing as the only thing you're allowed to focus on when it would actually be useful to focus on a slightly broader category yeah. of things. Yeah, I could have I could have skipped photography entirely if I was like, listen, I'm good at programming. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't be messing around with this. Yeah, I mean, like, so let's take the example of playing the guitar. You know, the guitar is an instrument, but, you know, instrument is a is a categorization or uh, if you want to, what's the word for it? Uh, it's a reductionist concept. So reductionism essentially means that we have defined um, 
specific configurations of things like atoms and then given them a name, like they're grouping a name. Like this mug right here is really a configuration of billions or trillions of atoms and I could break it down into any number of reductionist concepts. The handle, break it down. the rim, you know, the bottom of the mug. Or I could make it uh, more simple. I could say this is the mug. Or I could make things even more simple. This is the room. You know, no matter what's in it, it's just the room. So let's take that as like the, uh, or let's go back to the guitar, I guess. Like guitar is an instrument and we often tell ourselves like, oh, if you want to be the master at guitar, you must only play the guitar. Why don't we go further <clears throat> and say, if you want to be the master at playing scales, you must only ever play scales. If you're playing chords, that's true. You're, you're messing up. Yourself. You yeah. could be the best scaler ever. Now, we would look at an example like that and say that's ridiculous. Clearly, you need to be able to play chords because, and I think it's because we have all these historical examples of what great guitarists look like. If you want to play like this, then these are the things you need to learn. Well, what makes the guitar so different from the violin? Other than the reductionist goalposts that we have set up for ourselves. They're actually pretty similar. Violin doesn't have frets, but you still got to learn fingering. You got to learn your different scales and everything. It's pretty similar left-hand experience. And why is the experience of playing with the right hand, which is quite different than the guitar, so different that you shouldn't focus on both? And there's actually a pretty good example here. I would argue that the greatest guitarist who has ever lived, if you go if you go look at all the online debates and you go watch some uh, some videos, the most talented and technically proficient guitarist that I've ever seen is a guy named Sean Lane, who died pretty early, sadly. The funny thing about Sean Lane is that he didn't consider himself a guitarist first. He considered himself a pianist first. And he was equally good at piano. And most of the people who knew him said, like, he's the best piano player I've ever seen in my life, too. So... I don't know. I'm always fascinated about these examples of people who are insanely good at one thing, but then they're also insanely good at something else. Yeah, there's a lot of overlap between skills. And mm -hmm. if you take essentialism too literally, you will ignore that. And you'll yeah. also ignore that sometimes having phases in life is a healthy part of growth and exploration. You can't mm -hmm. possibly know what to focus on. If I'm like, I've already committed to programming five years ago. It's, it's all I have. Yeah. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe going out and doing something else would make you a better programmer. Yeah. Going out and figure skating made me a better skier, immensely better skier. Um, can you think of any other people who have, like are super good at multiple things? Because I've got two examples who pop into my head immediately. Like people we know personally? No, just or people. Or like Da Vinci. Da Vinci was one for sure. Um, Steve Martin comes to mind. He's a great actor, but also regarded as a very, very good blue uh, bluegrass player. Hmm. Like, he's very I did not know that. renowned in the bluegrass world. And then, uh, because one of my favorite bands is Coed and Cambria, Claudio Sanchez, great singer, great guitarist, great songwriter, also a great, I don't know about great, but also a very talented comic artist. Hmm. Like, the whole concept of the Coed and Cambria band is based on this whole story that he came up with in his, he came up with his, in his head, and, like, all the albums are concept albums, except for one, and there are comic books to go along with them that he made. That's actually kind of interesting, because... Uh... I don't, I don't know how good he is, but originally Eminem wanted to be a comic artist, so oh, he's really? actually a decent drawer, and he's, he's like messed around with that, and you'd never know, because it turns out the other thing that wasn't his original plan became the easily surpassing skill that brought him yeah. success. If he was just like, I'm only doing this, and I'm not allowed to overlap. Mm -hmm. Or like Lady Gaga. 
you know, oh, awesome yeah. singer, also great at the piano. Yeah. Great so, at designing meat dresses. And great. Not many people you know, are good at that, to be good, honest. I think we could take that a little further and say probably good at fashion design. You know, maybe that's not her main thing, but clearly I think there's some uh, talent there as well. Great performer specifically mm-hmm. along with basically all sorts of stuff. Yeah, Lady Gaga is a pretty good example. No, I think a lot of people who are famous have taken, um, I guess, disparate interests that somehow converge or that share elements like with Steve Martin playing bluegrass and, and acting, there's an element of showmanship to both. So it's easy to say like, oh, he's great at these two things because they're both quite visible. But I would imagine there are countless examples of people who are renowned for one thing, but also really freaking good at something else and just they don't talk about it much or it's not something that's part of their public persona. Yeah. So, yeah, you don't have to focus on one thing. And I don't, I don't even think this breaks down to the whole argument about like balance and like whether you want to be somebody who has fun and having a fulfilling life or somebody who's great at one thing. Like I think you could be great at one thing, even world renowned at one thing, but also have one or two other things that you do. Yeah, you don't literally well. need to only do that mm-hmm. to be really good at something. Yeah, take away the joy, and you'll take away your ability to grow anyway. Mm-hmm. So it won't matter. This week's episode of our show is brought to you by Skillshare, which is an awesome learning platform that can help you boost your skills in a ton of different areas, most of which can improve your career prospects. They have courses on marketing, data analytics, uh, video editing, uh, digital animation, digital illustration, web development. There are a ton of courses on the platform, including a course from yours truly called Productivity Masterclass, Building a Custom System That Works. So if you wanna watch a course from me that teaches you all about how to build a to-do list, a note-taking system, your calendar, your file organization system, basically the whole system that allows you to keep on top of things for the long term, then you can watch that on the platform along with more than 28,000 other courses. Now, every single time I do a Skillshare ad, I always want to recommend a great course for you to potentially start with. And I know we've been talking about some bad productivity tips in this episode, but this is a great recommendation. Uh, The course is called Presentation Essentials, How to Share Ideas that Inspire Action. And this course was made by Simon Sinek, who gave one of my favorite TED Talks ever. It's called Start With Why. It is a great TED Talk for anybody running a business or being a leader. And uh, he's also just a fantastic presenter. He knows how to craft a very captivating speech. So if you want to learn from who I think is one of the masters, then uh, take Simon's course. And if you want to do that, well, number one, Skillshare is a very affordable platform. Their plans start at less than 10 bucks a month. Month. And if you want to get a free taste of the platform with some unlimited learning, you can get a two-month free trial with, again, unlimited learning on the platform. You can take a heck of a lot of courses within two months by going over to Skillshare.com geek. That is, once again, Skillshare.com geek. So head over there, get that free trial, and start learning and building and improving your skills. Big thanks to Skillshare, as always, for sponsoring this episode and being a supporter of our show. And another thanks has to go out to our second sponsor this week, Hover. Hover is the best place on the internet to get your hands on a domain name, which if you've listened to our show for any length of time, you know is something that you need to do to build your personal brand. That mix of online platforms, a personal website, a portfolio, and the things you do offline, like going to conferences and building relationships, that helps you to build your network and to communicate your skills and your passions and what you can do to the world so you can land jobs or build companies or meet new colleagues. And one essential step to building that brand is getting yourself a professional domain name. Mine is thomasjfrank.com. And what's yours again? I think yours is 
a, like a better pun. It's than uh, Martin Bay dot me. Yeah, that's true. Martin Bay dot me. I've also got a few others myself, like Thomas dot lol. It's a pretty good one. Uh, and I got that one from Hover. Now, unlike a lot of other domain registrars out there, Hover makes the process of getting a domain incredibly easy and it's also incredibly fast. I can actually buy a domain in less than 30 seconds on the platform. Might take you a little bit longer if you don't already have an account because you have to like make a username, but it's pretty much a 30 second process. And in addition to that speed and lack of pop-ups, lack of distracting extraneous elements in the process, there's over 400 domain extensions to choose from. You have your classic .coms and .mes, which I would probably stick to for professional domain, but if you wanna make something more fun as well, you can get all kinds of other things ranging from, again, .lol to .limo and .ninja. Plus, once you have your domain name, you can hook it up to whatever website builder you want with their connect feature, ranging from Shopify to Squarespace, and if you want to get a professional email address as well, like thomas at collegeinfogeek.com, which is the one that I use, they have a professional email service that you can hook your domain up to as well. So if you want to get 10% off of your first purchase and lock down that professional domain name before somebody else takes it, then go over to hover.com slash CIG. Once again, H-O-V-E-R.com slash CIG. And big thanks goes out to Hover, as always, for sponsoring our show and being a big supporter of what we do. Let's get back into it. All right, uh, my second one is very simple. You can sleep when you're dead. That's fair, I guess. And uh, there's, there's all these quotes That's out there. Fair. Thomas Edison once said, like, if if we could, I don't remember the exact quote for him, but it was like, if we could uh, remove the the human body's ability to sleep, I would do it or something like that. Or, I mean, it's, maybe it's like, I detest sleep, something like that. And then uh, 50 Cent once said, sleep is for those people who are broke. That's fair. Like, there's a lot of, anti-sleep rhetoric that goes around in popular culture and i think there's a comparable amount of pushback especially from like the productivity side of the internet saying sleep is important but even even though there is i still find it hard to get enough sleep like i still prioritize everything else i want to do over getting enough sleep yeah i did that last night i checked <laughs> off every box at the expense of sleep. <laughs> exactly. You know, you set up your habitica. Okay, I can go to bed in a little bit. But after I get all this stuff done. Yeah, I know sleep's important, but it never becomes the priority. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I still haven't found a way to get into my own head and make myself believe it to the degree that I truly act on it. I think it's because I just, I don't like sleeping. I would rather, like, I, I guess I'm like Thomas Edison. If I could delete the requirement for it, I would. And some people I know love to sleep, and they be like, no, I'd just sleep all day if I could. But I don't want to sleep all me. day. Being cozy all day, that's different. I'm awake to enjoy that. Mm. No, I want to be uncomfortable sometimes. You know, climbing rocks. There's nothing cozy about climbing rocks, man. That's but fair. But it's fun. I like it. But yeah, uh, take your sleep seriously. You know, and you'll start to feel it when you get older. And I, I would imagine you have, I have. If I don't get enough sleep now, I feel well, terrible. I used to be able to like stay up all night. Yeah, when I was 19, 20, if I had to pull one all-nighter, I could get through it and feel pretty decent the next day. Now, if I did two, or I've only ever done one all-nighter, so I only have one data point here. But even the nights when I've done like three hours of sleep because of travel plans or something, I'm usually okay. Now it's a little bit tougher. And something that I read when I was 19 or 20 years old, and... Uh, I can't remember the source, but it was from some health book. Uh, it was saying like the exercise and diet habits that you establish when you're in your late teens and early 20s are likely to be the pattern that you set for the rest of your life. 
And clearly there's all kinds of opportunities to change that, but people are habitual. And I think, you know, 19, 18, 19 through maybe like 23, 24 is where you're kind of getting established. These are your first five or six years on your own. So they lay the foundation. And despite what many very ambitious 20-year-olds like myself may think, you're not going to do like five years of incredibly hard work and then kind of scale back after that. You're probably going to keep going. Yeah, I think you're, your work you're used habits to it. are also going to set a pattern for yourself unless you burn out at some point. So early on, you know, make sleep a priority. Yeah, that's fair. I should probably fix that. Which I will say tomorrow, <laughs> and I will probably say it again the next day. Right. But at some point, I might do it. Let's break it down. What causes you to stay up too late? Putting off my habits until the end of the day where I go, oh, no, I didn't do these, and right. then I do them later. What are the habits? Uh, that depends every two weeks, you know? What are the habits this two weeks? Well, yesterday, I think it was just reading. Okay. But I had put that off, so I was reading the whole thing. But... It wasn't the worst thing in the world. Oh, also resetting the kitchen didn't work because Ashley was making cookies pretty late mm. for a work thing. So that wasn't entirely my fault, but I was determined to make sure I still reset everything anyway. Yeah. Hopefully that's not a pattern, though. It shouldn't so be. So maybe that's, maybe that's like the problem with most habit trackers and routines is like they Didn't aren't tell you flexible. Well, they aren't flexible for unforeseen circumstances. Like, oh, my girlfriend needs to use the kitchen... You know, maybe you could have reset the kitchen before she made cookies. And that way, like, you can say, okay, that's done. Well, I need it reset in the morning. Otherwise, it doesn't work well. Oh, that's true. And I am flexible about it sometimes. Yeah. But in this situation, I've been like, you know, I got everything messed up while traveling. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to unmess things up by just, for this this week's one, it's going to yeah. be perfect. I'm going to get all of them to get back on track. Mm, okay. After that, we will see what happens. Really, mm-hmm. the problem here is that habits, if you're building actual habits... A really strong way to make sure you do them is to say when you're going to do them so that you have a plan yeah. and so that you don't just at the end of the day say, oh, God, I have four boxes I completely neglected. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think the if one, I had uh, properly planned out when to do them and done them earlier on, wouldn't be an issue. Yeah. So maybe like right in the morning or something. Uh, the one I got to do is I got to set up something that'll block YouTube after a certain hour. I, I think I need, oh, to just, yeah? I need to put freedom back on my computer. Yeah, I, I was, I was like fine without it for a while. But then, uh, yesterday I saw like this 43 minute film essay <laughs> my YouTube suggested and it was like 10, 15. I'm like, mm, I'll just watch a little bit of it. But because Lindsay Yellows is an amazing creator, I watched the entire video. You did that to yourself. I did that to myself, absolutely. Look what you did. You know? I didn't do that. No, you didn't. Yes, all my habits were done, but uh, except for getting to bed on time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so clearly, so it's like the junk food thing. Like, you just got to remove it from your environment. Okay, make the computer shut off at a certain hour. Yeah. Uh, Wait. Yeah. So, oh, that's your second one. That was my right? second one. So I got a third you got one. one more, right? One more. Be goal-oriented and or productive. This isn't specific advice. Okay. But if taken too literally and too far, it can be hurtful. Basically, uh, goals are fantastic, but sometimes I focus too much on them, and then I'm living in the future, and I think that I'm going to feel so accomplished at this 
random marker yeah. at this point in my life, at this accomplishment. And I'm constantly dissatisfied with me now because me now, I'm not there. I'm not at the right place. Mm-hmm. I'm failing until I've hit this success mark. I'm not good enough until I've hit this goal. And I never get to enjoy the present, even though the present is all that I have, even when I have accomplished the thing. And I'll probably at that point set a new goal that says, actually, you still weren't good enough until you hit this secret new marker. You see, the fact that you succeeded Mm. at this goal means it wasn't hard enough. It was an easy goal in retrospect. I can't believe you even thought that was hard. Do this harder version. And so your brain loves to move the goalposts. Yeah, like it it becomes unimpressive Mm -hmm. immediately. You know, at first I was doing, when I was doing the Instagram daily post and I started out with a 30-day challenge just to kind of mess around and start putting photos out there. Yeah. After that, I was like, well, I'm going to keep going. Eventually I get to like 200 and some days and then I still feel bad for quitting it (laughs) because at this point, well, 200 days, that's not good enough. I'm, I, I need to get a full year. Yeah. I need to do some other thing. I should be incredibly impressed at myself for managing to more than six times multiply my original goal. Yeah. But instead of that, I'm disappointed because I, at some point, had to stop. And because the whole time I'm focused on hitting future marker points, I'm not really happy at time 212. Yeah. It's not 365. It's just 212. It stopped being important at 200. And would you say that when you move the goalposts, you don't move them by a linear amount? It's more like a, what's the word for it? Like X to the power of two. Um, Can't think of it. Exponential, logarithmic uh, numbers. Either one. Some sort of numbery numbery sort of thing. Yeah. It's usually like, so 30 day, right? But after that, it's got to be 100. After that, it's got to be 200, then 500, then like 1,000. Like each one feels like the next step mm-hmm. because yeah, you're not like, oh, I'm going to do 500. Okay. 600. Yeah. Once I get to like 200, 300 doesn't matter as much as 500. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not as impressive to me. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But so the funny thing keeps, is like, it you keeps like gained, doubling or more. You haven't gained any additional <clears throat> ability to put out photos faster because it's still every day. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like, I, I can't do, <laughs> I can't do any better. I'm just saying, okay, I'm not happy until 2021. Yeah. When I finally hit a thousand. Yeah, like the only I guess the only um quality that you can pride yourself on is that I stuck it out for a longer period of time this time. Yeah. Arbitrarily. Yeah, it doesn't really mean anything. And mm-hmm. when I'm so focused on being productive, getting stuff done, even if it's just like a work thing and I'm like, I haven't gotten that done yet because this week did unexpected things. I should have gotten it done, or my finances aren't where I want. So then I'll spend every evening mm-hmm. thinking I need to be doing this. Even if I'm not really accomplishing anything, I'm just sitting there feeling guilty about it. I'm not hanging out with friends. I'm not reading. I'm not doing something useful. I'm too focused on my life will be better once this box in my head is checked off. Yeah. And that takes away all the joy that that box could ever bring me. Mm -hmm. I think there has to be some sacrifice to be successful, but it can't be all the sacrifice. Yeah, it's it's, a, you know... Like, I look back at Take it a little too far. And I remember... You probably remember this, but especially before uh, you were at Iowa State with us, I would be in the dorm, like, working on my blog while everyone else is hanging out. Yeah. And they'd make fun of me for it. Very happy I did that. But I still remember having a lot of time hanging out with friends. Like, it wasn't like I sacrificed literally every moment of friendship and hanging out with people to do work. It's just that I sacrificed more than everyone else would have. Yeah, sacrificing some free time is a perfectly reasonable way to work toward a goal. Mm-hmm. 
But once it gets to the point where the goal kind of, if you let it consume you, yeah, and sort of a it becomes sort of a negative thing, mm-hmm. that's no good. Now maybe it does consume you temporarily, and it's a great thing that can happen. I've been inspired and done twelve hour coding sprints at once, and yeah. not slept. You know that that sprint was seven p.m. to seven a.m. to finish a project. And sometimes that's okay. That was great. I was consumed by it, but in a joyful way, in a Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to do this. I'm actually making progress way, not in a, I'm not good enough until it's done way. Yeah. It's all about the, the angle at which you approach the problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm reading this book called, um, it's called Black Edge and it's about insider trading and Wall Street and hedge funds. And it's a very Tom book, but, uh, one of the people that is sort of talked about in the book is this. I think he's like a psychiatrist or somebody who was pretty well known. Um, he was from Michigan. He had all these accolades, was on all these boards as a professor, had all this research. And he was in his 80s. And the, the book just kept hammering the point that he had been really successful, but he was also very isolated because he was a complete workaholic. So family relations had kind of broken down, didn't really talk to his sons anymore, basically just worked. And... I just kind of got this reminder that, you know, we can be as successful as we want to be, but do we really want to be 80 years old with all this success, but nobody around to share it with or to be happy around? Yeah. No, at least I don't. Yeah. And I've, I've been at that point where I've been like, okay, I've got all these productivity things and I've got all these habits and skills and things. And theoretically I would be proud of them. But at some point, if I'm not spending enough time with other people, I stop caring about myself Mm-hmm. because I'm not hanging out with other people. I feel happy as part of a community. Yeah. And as soon as I'm not, when I stop caring about myself, all these goals are like, well, yeah, who cares if I'm good at that? I don't care. Mm-hmm. Who cares if I'm good at anything? I don't care about me right now. So yeah. all the stuff I've been working on meant nothing because I didn't also have a community to go be happy with, mm-hmm. even if it had nothing to do with what I was working on. Yeah. Uh, so one final thought I had here is going back to that idea of like the logarithmic expansion of your, your next goals. Um, I think it might be more interesting, but still quite useful to your ultimate aim to set a different kind of goal. So maybe for photography, if you hit your 30 days, instead of saying like, all right, how about it's hundred days now, maybe just like tackle a different dimension of photography if that interests you. Hmm, I'm going to try doing seven photos with like this super macro lens that can do snowflake crystals or something yeah. like that. It's like, yeah, don't just use. change the number, mm-hmm. change the quality. Cause that'll teach you new skill. Yeah. So maybe for me, it's like, I, it's not post a video every week. Now my goal is like, I want to do one video that's like totally animated, which I kind of want to do. Yeah. And, and it'll it's, take at a some point, time, the numbers but... just don't matter. You know, like if you're lifting weights mm-hmm. and you're just like, keep getting the number higher and higher and higher. At some point you got to be like, well, wh- Why? Why does yeah. it need to go higher at this point? Couldn't I be working on my tiny, tiny legs that I forgot to work on <laughs> while I can now bench press 2,000 pounds? Friends don't let friends skip leg day, Martin. What if they're your enemies? Enemies do let their enemies skip leg day. That way, their legs are weak when you have to fight them. Yeah, all you got to do is trip them, and then yep. all their big bulky arms, it's just they're off balance. The bigger they are, the harder they fall, especially when they're really top-heavy. Yep. You know? Yeah, but think Arnold Schwarzenegger said that? Maybe. <laughs> I'll hit him up and find out. He didn't skip leg day. He knows. He knows what's up. Uh, but yeah, find a different element of your goal and and tackle that. I think it's going to make it fresh. Yeah. 
then it won't become some terrible slog at number. So the problem is I didn't like winter photography very much. Mm-hmm. So then I was still trying to force the original goal, which with its context didn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, maybe for next winter, you could do like, all right, well, what if I did landscape or something? Like there's all these cool mountains out there and it's not daily. Maybe it's just like, I'm going to take one amazing mountain landscape picture in yeah. the snow. And I have time for that. And I don't got to worry about doing it in a 24 hour time period. Yeah. 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 I have some interesting ideas for freshening up my, uh, my video goals. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, right now, like subscriber count, it would be cool to hit 2 million, but it's not something that I'm, you know, thinking about it on a daily basis at all. Cause it doesn't, it's not going to make a significant difference to my daily experience. Yeah, it really I won't. Know, you know, because I talk to YouTubers won't who do have anything. three, four, five million subscribers. You know what they do? Same thing I do. Sometimes with greater amounts of stress. So I got to find a way to keep being helpful, keep putting out work that's successful, but also keep putting out work that keeps me motivated and interested. Yeah, this is the kind of stuff that I think is, it's important to take a step back and work on that. That's what I've been thinking about after traveling because I screwed up all the habits and everything I was doing for a week or two. Yeah. And now I'm just like, well... What is important now that I'm back? Mm -hmm. What do I do with this? And I got to be careful not to set up the kind of goals that became harmful before. Yeah. Which were? Well, trying to do everything all the time, every day. Like 17 languages per day? Well, I cut it down to three. Okay. That's still a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'll have you know that I still really like Mandarin and German. I'm just choosing not to study them because I realize that I can't do five Okay. <laughs> yeah, you can't do five. Which, I, would, I would have you know to sacrifice what? like my pianos. You don't I want to do other things. You you realize this in college. Yeah. I literally remember you telling me this in our apartment at college. Like I can't learn five languages at once. Yeah, and I think like we did a very, very Oh, I still early go back and forth. Episode where somebody asked us that and it's, that was your answer. It's very difficult because I still love them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the problem, you know? Like I go back and forth between wanting to set up like a rigorous like hour of piano practice an hour of guitar practice yeah. a day and then like there's no time for that yeah if i want to if i want to focus very deeply on one thing i do need to make the sacrifices of the other things but if i'm unwilling to let them go it gets confusing so mm-hmm. i have to do some weird sequentialist balance yeah to get me through it yeah so for me i have a, i have a goal in mind for that, that involves both guitar and piano and learning my looping gear. But it's not some arbitrary time goal. It's like a project. Yeah. I need a project. Yes. I don't know what it is. How about I like don't, a... I don't know what it is yet. Mandarin, Japanese, German, French rap video. Uh, Probably not, but you know, maybe. It's like the polka rap, but in six different languages. I... Will probably not do that. <laughs> I can make no guarantees. The Pokemon names are different in French. Ooh, that would make it even better. They're not different in Spanish, so that would just be the regular Pokerap with a Spanish accent. You could make but... it even better than that Unraveled Pokerap. Yeah. Which would be pretty difficult. He, he set the bar pretty high. <laughs> I think I only know the name for Drifloon in French. I'll have to research a lot to make this project See? get off the ground. Yep. I'll work on it. Yep. All right, so those are our five. Um, and if people want to see three more and haven't seen my video, 
then you can go watch the video. Bam. Extra it's content. On the YouTube channel. Content upgrade. That's a DLC. That is. Or is upgrade. this the DLC? Depends on what you saw first. They probably saw the YouTube video. Probably. First. This is probably the DLC. This is, this is always the DLC. But if it's not, you just remarket it. I have been thinking about like you know, getting to a point where we're ahead enough that like every maybe every video could have a podcast that'd be that was ahead sort of just going what is ahead like a few weeks ahead. i don't know what that means i don't know that I don't know i've that never heard either. of that that's ridiculous <laughs> but yeah like i'm doing a video based on the shallows and you know doing a book discussion on the shallows would be a very nice compliment to that so yeah that would make sense yeah i'll read it tonight just the whole book done it before actually you, you probably could do it i've done that for podcast books that i've read before mm-hmm. so i read a lot slower uh that's okay i've come to realize that if it's not a fiction book that has totally gripped me i just read kind of slow oh i read fiction slower than nonfiction. maybe we're opposite in that because when it's fiction and i am really into it my eyes just race over the page I have to picture every single minute, tiny detail. <laughs> Sometimes I'll like think for a second and try to make a facial expression. Like, what did they just imply that their face looked like? And I'll like try to figure it out. I'm way overly concerned with details. <laughs> I should probably never read Lord of the Rings, but probably not. As but I'm going to. Yeah. So that'll suck. Yeah, I'm just like I need to know what happens next now. So I'm just no, that that makes more it. sense. Yeah. Anyway. I think that about does it for this episode. So thanks as always for hanging out with us. If you want to find the show notes for this episode, you'll find them over at cigpodcast.com slash 367? Three? Three? Two Did we just do another two years of podcasts two and I didn't notice? Because yeah. life is fast now. I did 100 episodes yesterday myself. If life is moving that fast, I'm very upset. <laughs> I've been avoiding that years. feeling thus far. You're 30 now. I don't. Sorry. Don't tell me that. <laughs> Anyway, CIGpodcast.com slash 267 is where you'll find show notes. Uh, I think I mentioned a couple of things that we can link to. So check those out. Otherwise, CIGpodcast.com with no slashes, no numbers at the end. will take you to our main podcast page where you can subscribe on Spotify, YouTube, uh, Google Play, or Google Podcasts it is now, and then Apple Podcasts. And if you want to support this show, a couple of great ways to do it. Number one, just share it with a friend. Maybe send them your separate, your separate, your favorite episode or go over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating and review. Both are very helpful, but uh, as always, we appreciate that you're just hanging out and listening as well. So thanks so much for doing that, and we'll see you in next week's episode. Thank you.